Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have officially entered uncharted waters. The merger, 100% complete. WWE UFC now under the same umbrella. TKO Group Holdings went live on the stock market this morning. Trading at $103 a share to start out. I have not kept up with how it's been doing, but that's a pretty good number to start off. They had all the stars out this morning on Wall Street SB3. It's been an, it's been a um, I would say exciting, tumultuous, raucous time in New York City, leading up to the Aaron Rodgers fiasco last night. Oh God, I feel bad for Jets fans. I didn't think I'd say that this year, but I feel bad for Jets fans. My goodness! And then you got all the stars of UFC and WWE opening up the New York stock market today. TQO. TKO. Oh, excuse me. I'm like, I said the wrong thing there. Anyway, I'm all excited. I'm all flustered. It's been a busy day for me already, and it ain't going to stop anytime soon. On top of all of the merger stuff outside of the company, SP3, since we were last on the air, Daniel Bryan, or Brian Danielson, excuse me, has announced that his career is winding down. We got maybe a, a year left of him as a full time competitor. Shall we call this the year of the American Dragon? Nia Jackson. No, no, the final countdown to the final countdown. 2.0. There we 2. go. 0. I like that. I like that. That's good. That's better. Nia Jax is back. Jade Cargill is back. We'll examine the good and bad of both of those returns and so much more. Get your comments in, guys, today. Get your comments in. We'll try to get through as many of them as possible. Uh, Steven asking, am I going to Dynamite tomorrow? I am actually not going to Dynamite tomorrow. Tomorrow is my nine-year wedding anniversary with my lovely wife so uh bad timing on AEW's part uh but uh yeah I can't I can't in good conscience go to a wrestling show on my anniversary considering my wife hates wrestling so uh if, as a matter of fact she she'll hates- probably love AEW oh yeah love every second of it she hates that she knows so much about wrestling because that's like half of what i talk about on a regular basis but uh yes and thank you to everybody in the chat yes i appreciate that uh so i'll be uh hanging out with my lovely wife um for our anniversary tomorrow so i will not be at dynamite but it looks like a hell of a show with a lot of stakes we'll be talking about that as well as uh grand slam in sid's neck of the woods in new york y'all get anything in new york uh next week we barely get anything from aew we get one show per year in the actual new york city that is ridiculous that's my first question for tony khan if he has this media scrum <laughs> he teased that all out i'm gonna be like hey man 
you know, New York City is a big market for professional huge, wrestling. Huge and you market. only come once a year. He goes to Long Island plenty of times, but that's a trip and a half for New Yorkers. Uh, Steven, sorry about my Bengals. Uh, yeah. Death, taxes, and the Cincinnati Bengals losing in week one. You, you, They'll be better this week against Baltimore. Trust me. If you didn't know that, football's back, baby. Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering information, and we would not be here without them, so we thank them so much. They have the latest uh, up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, matchup, breakdowns. Uh, get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real-time updates and statistics, news, and odds from week one. Now we're on to week two. All the way through the college football playoff and the Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contest of contests available anywhere online. Go to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device. Sign up today. Download the app. Use our promo code while you're there. B-L-E-A-V. That spells believe. Get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. That the odds are tanking for the New York Jets uh, today with Aaron Rodgers out. And for those in the chat saying Tom Brady, I really doubt after he just said, I'm a Patriot for life. He's going to come back two days later and sign with the New York Jets. Colin Kaepernick wants a job, though, SP3. That, uh, we'll see if that actually happens. But mm. Need a bad, it's bad. Message. It's a bad weekend for New York sports scene, especially after the Giants got obliterated, too. Jeez. Hey, the Jets won. Just, just sitting be all depressed. They, they got the win. They did. They played hard, played with heart, got the win. R- miraculous. And it was perfect because Raw had ended. And it was like 16 seconds left. Yeah, you got to see yeah. all. Of, you had to see all of that, and then the the overtime ahead of the punt return. We'll talk about the ending of Monday Night Raw last night uh, with Nia Jax returning here in a little bit. But we will open up WWE UFC merger now complete. SP3 TKO Group Holdings begins trading on Wall Street today. Uh, kind of a surreal moment with. Vince and Triple H and Dana White and everybody else involved with uh, Endeavor up on the same stage. They also brought out Bianca and Montez Ford today to WWE. So big for them to kind of be there and get get showcased on uh, on Wall Street. But man, it, it's kind of hard to know how to feel about this because this is now officially uncharted waters for the first time in my lifetime. Vince McMahon no longer owns a majority of of WWE. He no longer has like final boss major approval power now he has uh reportedly by sean ross app and uh, uh fightful and wrestling observer as well he has come back and is starting to make his little tweaks and shifts and changes to monday night raw and smackdown here a little bit but uh triple h no longer on the board there's a lot of things to digest with this but man it is the future of wwe is no longer predictable sp3 it's kind of it's kind of refreshing here a little bit I mean, to be honest, the future of WWE hasn't been predictable since July 2022. Uh, but yeah, no, it is it is uncharted territory. And the last time uh, this happened with WWE opening up on Wall Street was all the way back in 1999. Uh, and The Rock was a part of that opening. I remember Big Show. I think Triple H was there. So to see Montez Ford and Bianca Belair get that spot, that's a, that's a big thing for them. And uh, a part of WWE kind of putting them out there as kind of ambassadors of the brand for their upcoming reality series on Hulu Network. We all know that's the real reason 
don't get don't don't no, you're not fooling me sir uh but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting when the time comes when there is kind of something big that happens who is gonna have the final say who's gonna be in control now that endeavor owns 51 percent of the company it's gonna be very interesting i'm looking forward to it but it's kind of just a wait and see topic yeah. at this point yeah, uh, Ozzy asking, so who will be running WWE? Well, right now, uh, Vince is still the vice chairman of the board. Uh, Nick Khan is still president of WWE. Triple H is still the chief content officer. So, like, everybody still has... Is Nick Khan still president? I think he has a different title now, actually. I, I, think, I, I read... I think Ari, Ari Emanuel is now the president of TKO. Right, but he's... The, like, Dana White's, like, president of UFC. Nick Khan is president of WWE. So, yeah, it's 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 all under the same like it's basically like WWE just got put under a massive umbrella and UFC is now under the same umbrella. I mean, and they're all... If we're being if we're being real folks, I mean, president is kind of like the president title of the United States of America. It's just an arbitrary title. He doesn't really control anything. He can't make decisions without other people. It's kind of like that yeah. with yeah. the president of UFC and WWE. They're not going to be doing anything without the TKO, R. Oh, yeah. Emmanuel, and Vince McMahon in control. Yeah, what 100%. Vince McMahon uh, does own 49% or WWE owns 49% yeah. of the uh, trading shares. Um, what's going to be interesting to me, SP3, as, as you know, you're a business guy. Uh, and you know people who work in the WWE offices, so maybe you can kind of speak to what the vibe is right now. Um, when your company gets bought by a, another major corporation or there's a merger, uh, there are positions that are duplicated, that are deemed as obsolete at this point. And, you know, layoffs are, are bound to happen here soon. And I, I wish everybody the best, and I hope that that doesn't actually happen in mass quantities but uh, it's going to be interesting to see what parts of wwe get folded into to what and which you know jobs are deemed uh you know to be duplicated and how all of that transpires because you know that's going to start happening over the next few weeks as well yeah if you're in a department that is kind of a widespread one that already has kind of probably been filled by Endeavor merging with UFC, say if you're a part of like travel or HR and stuff like that, yeah. you can pretty much say if you're working for WWE, you probably have already lost your job or already made preparations to lose your job. And yes, those mass cuts, mass firings are just a part of the of the beast with all of this. And it's something that they probably have been preparing for, from what I know with the people working in like the offices and working a part of WWE. It's something that they've been preparing for since the announcement of the merger back in April. So now that the merger is complete and we're all kind of in this wait and see holding pattern to to see what's next. Heck, even last night there wasn't any kind of pomp and circumstance or nothing surrounding the final raw in the true McMahon era of, of WWE it was just very business as usual last night. And I did think last night's show was, was pretty good. Um, as we're all in this wait and see pattern, what's next now that the merger is complete SP three is the TV rights negotiations. And, and Nick Khan has been on multiple uh, 
interview platforms and TV networks today talking about this, getting asked questions about where things stand. And when you start reading in between the lines of what people are saying and seeing the reports, it really sounds more and more like by the day here that Fox is not going to be retaining SmackDown. And there was a uh, report that the front runners now are either Disney or Amazon uh, for Friday night SmackDown. But Nick Khan says they're talking to everybody. Um, so we'll, we'll see what comes here, but, uh, thoughts on, on Fox possibly not retaining and, and what that move might mean for WWE. I mean, it's, this is something else that's kind of been in the news for a little while now that Fox pretty much has felt that they didn't get a return on their investment because they put so much money into WWE back when they made this deal in 2019 that I it's kind of understandable that they're not going to be looking to retain the rights to uh, to SmackDown at this point. And it would be a big thing for Disney, especially if uh, you move SmackDown over to FX, which, I mean, you just you just start a campaign that says get the O out. And <laughs> it's, you get SmackDown on FX, it's going to be a huge ratings boost for that network. Like the nearest thing that they have that they, I think like total their views, their highest views is not even near what SmackDown does, especially in the 18, the 49 demo. Yeah. So I was like, Amazon, that's that's like a whole new beast, which I think is less likely of uh, WWE going over to a streaming service with SmackDown. I don't think they're going to do that as of yet, but I think that uh, it's going to be very interesting when the negotiations go down because we're going to get the unofficial word that Fox is out of the running. Yeah, um, which is weird, man, because, you know, Fox has, since the start of this partnership, they have had the highest rated wrestling show on television, period. End of story. I mean, they they may not have gotten the numbers out of it what they thought, but they still have across the board the the top rated show, whether it's 2.4, 2.5. I think when John Cena came back, they there are some shows within the last year that have got since Triple H has taken over as head of creative that have gotten close to 3 million viewers, which is still not sniffing the 4 million plus that they got on that opening show when when The Rock came out and he did that opening segment with Becky Lynch and he they both kicked the crap out of Baron Corbin. Um, you know, iconic opening there. You know, they they might as well be out of the wrestling business for forever. Fox should be if they feel like it's not worth keeping the highest rated show unless ratings start going up and up and up. So that's something that WWE is going to eat here is the fact that I don't know where they could go to where they're going to get those kind of ratings consistently because you have Fox that is in so many households. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot different for uh, WWE because you're going if, if especially if they move from like like I said the suggested kind of possible place that they would go especially if they get uh you know they um that Disney retains their rights uh you're gonna be on FX as in a significantly less number of homes you will raise FX numbers as far as like a cable network and they probably would reach like the top. 10 as far as the 18 to 49 demo which will look impressive but it is much it's going to be a decrease for smackdown you're going to go from anywhere between 2000 to 3000 uh, no 2 million to 3 million viewers probably down to about 1 to 2 million yeah which might change how they book the entire show cuz once again then raw might become the the a show there's a lot of trickle down here now yeah. i'm wondering what i mean raw is the a show Roman hasn't been on the show, and they uh, botched the one good thing about SmackDown. So, yeah, Raw's, Raw's Day show. 
Um, Just have to put that out there. I'm sorry. Raw, no, Raw has Raw has its flaws too, but SmackDown. I mean, nothing is going on except for LA Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Except for LA Knight, the hottest guy in the company at the moment, uh, who, by the way, uh, is undergoing contract negotiations himself. Uh, he was brought and, up- and by the way, who's also feuding with a raw guy. Just wanted to add that. Yep. Hopefully that's done this week. They're going to wrestle on SmackDown. So a raw guy is going to wrestle on SmackDown. And hopefully it's done and LA Knight can move on to bigger and better things. But uh, the news did break this week that he's working on contract negotiations, but they're far apart on money right now. But don't worry, he doesn't have to sign a contract, a new extension for a while because he's still under a contract well into 2024 and they're trying to lock him up for five years now. So, again, what a difference a year makes from L.A. Knight going from dude who was on the verge of being fired as a male model manager to now him leveraging WWE for more money to get a five year contract when two years ago they were worried about this guy being too old. Yeah, that was bullshit. Anyway, uh, so that's the latest with LA Knight. He's not going anywhere, and his push is not tied to contract negotiations, uh, nor is anybody else's push at this point that we know of. But, um, yeah, man, I, is there anything that would keep, in a, in a negotiation with Disney, is there anything that would keep SmackDown off ESPN on Friday nights? Is there any, like, major competition on ESPN on Friday night? Maybe during the NBA season, possibly? I don't yeah. Okay. They always have sports on, on Friday nights on ESPN, whether it's NBA season, whether it's college sports, like it's literally, they're not going to be like if SmackDown goes to Disney, you could just forget about them being on ESPN. Maybe ESPN two or ESPN plus. I don't know. It, it would be interesting. That's less homes than FX. What yeah. are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons. And I've talked about them on the show before. There's a lot of reasons to like a move to Disney, but Man, finding the right channel, that that's going to be, whoo. Uh, and Safet says, yeah, they do have the ABC network. Uh, moving to ABC on, on Friday nights, maybe, possibly. Don't they have like a, they have like a Friday night block on ABC that does really well. Yeah, maybe they, maybe they decide to give wrestling a shot. I don't know. We'll see. We'll yeah, see I, how this. I, I don't. I don't know how a company that for the past thirty-five years of my life have either had TJIF or sitcom blocks. I don't think that they have a reason to just say, "Oh, you know, let's try some wrestling now." I mean, yeah. I don't know what their those blocks do. Like, I haven't watched a sitcom in ten years. What does ABC <laughs> average rating? For Friday night. Friday night at 8 o'clock. At 8 p.m. This is always great. We're doing show prep in the middle of the show. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, Master Master Chef on July 14th did two, $2 million, uh, 2.1 million viewers, uh, and they did a .39 rating, which is basically on par with smackdown, SmackDown so yeah smackdown wouldn't wouldn't improve what they're doing already all right well we'll see how things shake out with these negotiations who knows maybe smack maybe fox comes from behind here and says hey if we give you so and so much money can you put cm punk on our show that's that's how these negotiations have worked they're like hey we want roman reigns we want charlotte flair fox says hey we want this person they get it so it's going to be interesting to see how that works Uh, They did not get Nia Jax, SP3, but Nia Jax is back in WWE, and boy, oh boy, Mm, I was mm, mm, just enjoying the Twitter meltdown last night. The second that she showed up, took out Raquel Rodriguez in the main event, uh, helped 
Rhea Ripley win that match and then took out Rhea Ripley as well. Um, look, man, this is a pol- she's a polarizing figure, SP3. People love to hate this woman so much. And in fact, it's not even, and I don't mean polarizing as in, oh, she's got her fans. No, no, no. They either love to hate this woman or they hate to hate this woman so damn much. Like, I mean, man, oh man, people were destroying this move last night. And I can't help but think, SP3, that kind of outrage is why Nia Jax is back in the first damn place. She garners a reaction. This is exactly what I talked about after the Royal Rumble and why I said I would be open to Nia Jax coming back to the company because she is so... The audience just gets engaged with her. They love to boo the hell out of her. They hate everything that she does, and she garners a reaction. Silence is death in pro wrestling. I don't care. In my book, heat is heat. I don't care if it's go-away heat. I don't care if it's, you know, regular old heat or Dominic Mysterio heat. If you get booed, if you get a reaction, you're doing your job. And hopefully, being engaged with Nia Jax can help some of these baby faces, these newer baby faces, get more positive reactions and get people cheering for her. Now, Nia Jax comes with her baggage. She comes with her issues. And I get that, SP3, and we can dive into a couple of those, but... Uh, what was your reaction to uh, to Nia Jax coming back last night? Nia Jax returning after Rhea Ripley and Raquel Rodriguez. My reaction was pretty simple, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not like most girls who only take just what they're given like a plastic little princess. Lucky for me, I'm not like most girls who only take it all for granted. All they got is what they handed. Lucky for me, I'm not like most girls. I'm not like most girls. Oh, my God. Like, you don't understand how happy I was. The greatest theme song. In, in in this generation of WWE, this is the greatest theme song they have ever created. Not like most girls. I jam out to it every time I'm live at a WWE event when Nia Jax was there. I remember jamming out to it after she won the Raw Women's Championship back at WrestleMania 34. And I understand she's a polarizing figure. I understand. I understand she's hurt some people and not and not the greatest wrestler in the world. But damn, do I love that theme song. So I don't give a hell what you think. I don't give a hell what anybody thinks. She gets heat. She's a true heel. And she's got an awesome theme song. She's checked three boxes for me. I am good with Nia Jax returning. Uh, And plus, Rhea Ripley desperately needed someone that could be considered an actual challenge to her. Because if you could tell by the somewhat improved matchup that they had, with Raquel Rodriguez last night and the absolute empathy that they got from that crowd, they did not view Raquel Rodriguez as an actual threat to Rhea Ripley. So I think, I think Nia Jax fits the bill a lot better than anyone on the roster since you don't want to give Rhea Becky Lynch. Uh, Nia Jax returning uh, caused fans not to want to boo Rhea asks a shock. They haven't been booing Rhea for forever. Like they'll boo judgment day, but 
Rhea has always gets cheered. Like Rhea has been getting cheered for the longest time. So that's why yeah, I'm I, had, not even... I had someone say that that's going to dilute uh, the fans booing Rhea. I was like, when did the fans start booing Rhea? <laughs> I would they love to know that. They haven't. They love Rhea. They love them some mommy. They they can't get enough of it. This is, and that's one of the other things that you're right, SP3. This is exactly Nia Jax interjecting herself with both Raquel and Rhea is what both of them needs. Hopefully, working with Nia Jax, who's going to get that nuclear heat reaction, will again, like I talked about earlier, get more fans behind Raquel and eventually go from cheering against Nia to cheering for Raquel and getting more people invested in that and in her and maybe some of these other baby faces who look to WWE's own detriment they have done absolutely nothing with and have not even attempted to try and get them over outside of maybe Raquel and Liv Morgan uh, and Liv Morgan is injured again so I think Nia Jax can be a tool there but just from a, a sheer physicality standpoint, Rhea Ripley needed somebody to step up as a credible challenger after she was done with Raquel Rodriguez and Nia Jax fits the bill. And to Nia's credit, she looks great. She looks great. She she dropped uh, back in April. She said she had dropped nearly 50 pounds. She looks like she's done uh, gotten in much better shape uh, as well since then. Uh, credit to Charlotte Flair for helping her out. Somebody brought that up in the chat. I, uh, I missed it earlier, but um, still. She looks to be in tremendous shape, and she has talked about before. And I, I, so many people hit me up on Twitter last night saying, "But what about her injuries, man? She's reckless in the ring. She's reckless in the ring. She's hurt so many people. She doesn't care." It's like people believe that Nia Jax is just licking her chops, waiting to injure all their favorites. I don't believe that Nia Jax is like that. And she's openly talked about how early on in her career she was very green. The size matchup between like herself and Alexa Bliss and other people. It caused mistakes to go down. Not as skilled early in her career, right? Bigger than most of the women on the roster. Shit's going to happen. Mistakes are going to happen. Thankfully, most women ended up being okay afterwards. But, like, that's some things that I hopefully, as she continues to get more reps, as, as she has grown in her career, those things start to get cut down. And honestly, I think her... Getting in better shape is going to help with that as well. It's only going to make her in-ring ability better. She's going to be able to move more. Uh, she's not going to be 10 times the size of somebody like an Alexa Bliss anymore. And that's more of a, hey, that's how small Alexa is kind of a thing. So, look, I'm I'm open to this. I'm willing to give Nia Jax a good chance, a, a, a second chance here. I'm not saying she should go out and win the world title, SP3, but... Much like a Lacey Evans, who was getting these nuclear heat reactions, and then for whatever reason, Triple H benched her, Nia Jax can serve a role on this roster, and I'm fine with her being there. 100% fine with her being there. Yes, Nia Jax going back to Raw also confirms that Kyrie Sane's going to probably be on SmackDown, so I'm all for that as well. So yeah, this, is, this works. Works on many different levels. And yes, I did realize I saw the uh, clip, the exclusive digital clip, that she has new theme music. I'm going to pretend that she doesn't. <laughs> uh not the uh first um women's return that we saw over the past weekend here sp3 jade cargill uh made her shocking return to aew collision that was not one i was expecting at all there was no indication that she was coming back whatsoever earlier in the night on raw we got we got a little hint that something might be going down with naya when you know raquel dropped the i'm not like most girls line and you know a lot of people kind of put two and two together and figure maybe Nia might be there and she ended up being there. 
no inkling whatsoever that the Jade Cargill was coming back. Uh, this was after a, a pretty quick match. Chris Statlander defeated Robin Renegade on collision, uh, was getting beat down by both Renegade twins. And then Jade Cargill comes down to the ring. And I'm like, I is she coming to help Chris? What is happening here? And then it's like, oh, no, I'm going to get rid of you two because I want to kick Chris's ass. And then she lays out Chris Statlander and holds up the TBS championship and gives it a big old kiss. I don't know if she was supposed to come back this early. It feels like if the plan was for her to come back and face Chris Statlander, it feels a little too soon uh, to do that because they haven't really established Chris as the outside of Ruby Soho, who's been like her big rival for the TBS championship. They haven't really pushed her in that role to the level, at least that they did Jade Cargill. You expect some kind of drop off there, but they really haven't done much with her. It feels like it's too soon. I'm wondering if CM Punk now being gone, it was like Tony Khan was like, I need some more star power on this show. Let me go get Jade back in here. I'm wondering if maybe that had something to do with it, or maybe I'm just reading into it wrong. I don't know. It does feel too soon for her to be back. Jade Gargoyle was gone for three months. I think that's long enough. When you have a star like that who is not just has all this star power, she's very young in her career. She doesn't need an extended amount of time off. I think three months is too much. For someone who's that who's that green and not experienced in the ring, because you can create rust, which rust along with being green, never sure. a great combination. So I think three months was enough time. And I think Chris Statlander needed this. He needs a rival. You said Ruby Soho has been our only real rival. That was a two week program. That wasn't a real rival. That was most of our challenges have been open challenges yep. or one-offs where this feels like you can actually have a feud, build this up, whether you want to do it at Grand Slam or Russell Dream or Full Gear. They have three options that they can go with that they can build it up a little bit more. I think that that would be a great matchup to do at Full Gear. We could still have Chris Get, you know, getting the TBS title defenses in where she has a good amount of defenses before we get to full gear where we have the big showdown with Jade and Chris Statlander in an actual match because we never got that. Yep. We never got that in the way that Statlander beat Jade for. I think that's a good program to kind of like finally put a bow on Jay Cargill in the TBS title division or start up a new reign for, for Jay Cargill as TBS champion. I think if they can build it out to full gear, it'll feel like a program that felt worthwhile and feel like the first program that we've had for the TBS championship yeah. since pretty much freaking, I mean, Jade and, and Taya and Jade and Nia ja and Nyla Rose have been yeah. the only programs they really have done and Jade and Athena. So three, three programs in a year and a half run. Those are the only programs we've ever had for the TBS championship. This feels like if they can build it up to full gear, it feels like a matchup where either woman can win. I, I just hope that there is some growth and a place to go because I just envision a world where even if it does stretch out to full gear, like you say, SP three Jade Cargill wins the TBS championship back. And then she's right back to doing what she was doing last year. And there's no, yeah, that's, what, that's why I want Chris the win. And yeah. then Jade basically kick smart Mark Sterling to the curve, turn baby face and go up to, to the, to the main event, main event lane. I That's think, I I think was... that the reaction that she got when she looked like she was feigning a baby face turn, I think is similar to when AEW feigned for a few weeks, MJF being baby face before yeah. full gear. It's to test it out. And then maybe a few months later, we'll actually get that.
Yeah, actually pull the trigger. So, yeah, I would love for, I think it would behoove both women, right, for Chris to shed that asterisk that she got by the way that she beat Jade Cargill. I, I would give her the actual win. Like, don't don't do continue to do this Ronda Rousey type booking where literally the only time that she was beat clean as a sheet was her last damn match in the freaking company. Uh, you know, when there was nothing you could point to and go, yeah, but they protected her here. Don't do that. Chris Statlander, to their credit, how they have been booking her recently has been like and I've done this analogy before. Like Nelson Muntz on the Simpsons when they like the football episode where he was the only player on the field worth a damn. And he was literally just throwing passes to himself and grabbing Millhouse and doing all the blocking for himself and running down the football field. Like Chris Statlander has just been this monster that's plowing through women, no matter what the obstacles are, because she's big, she's strong, she's fast, she's athletic. She can do that and she looks great doing it. So they've been booking her really strongly, even though they she hasn't necessarily had the storylines to back it up. I'd like her to beat Jade Cargill, get that asterisk off of her scorecard, basically, or her match card, have that big monumental win as the TBS champion, and then, yes, Jade can maybe reflect and think and, and change things up as she goes into her babyface run now that she has legitimately lost a match. Uh, the other big announcement that happened on Saturday night, SP3, the GOAT, Brian Danielson, letting it be known that he is winding his career down. He told the story about how he told his daughter that when she turned seven, he would be uh, done basically as a full-time competitor. And his daughter is now six. And uh, this is going to be his last full-time run as a, as a competitor in professional wrestling. And he says, I'm going to make it epic. And then immediately challenge Zach J Sabre Jr. for Wrestle Dream, uh, which is a match that everybody wanted to see at, uh, at Forbidden Door this year. Uh, that didn't end up happening. Obviously, he wrestled Okada, which is great. Um, a fantastic match there as well. But man, to think that we got Brian Danielson now, who is going to be winding it down. He'll still be a special attraction, according to uh, Sports Illustrated. Wrestle occasionally every now and again. Uh, for AEW after that's over. But man, like there's something about this that just hurts. I get it. I totally get it because that wanting to spend time with your kids that you get it, SP3. There was a time where I remember coming home late from a shift at the radio station. I got home at 7.55, basically on a Friday night, enough time for me to grab a drink and go downstairs to start watching SmackDown for the post-review show that we do over on Redacted. So I got off work to come home to work some more, and my daughter, who was just turned four, maybe she was three at the time, she said, Daddy, will you come lay with me? And I said, I'm sorry, baby. I just, I, 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 I got to go downstairs and get to work. And she looks at me with the saddest puppy dog eyes and says, but you just got home from work. And if that doesn't just drive a goddamn dagger through your heart and make you feel like the worst person on planet Earth, holy shit, you do not have feelings. So I totally get Brian Danielson saying, I want to be in my kid's life. I made a promise to my daughter. I want to, you know, I want to go be a full-time dad and a part-time performer. Can't be mad at him for it. But I feel sad that we are the on the final countdown, SP3, as you would say. Uh, your reaction and what do you want to see this man do before he's done? Brian Danielson is the goat. 
I don't care what you what you think, who you call the GOAT, who you had as the GOAT. He is the GOAT. Checks every single box, whether it's great wrestler, classic matches, great moments, character stuff. Man, he just checks it all. Great on the mic, even at his age. But, uh, yeah, I, I can understand the people that think it's sad. But, honestly, I'm happy that, that we've gotten all of this. I'm yeah, happy yeah. That, that he came to, to AEW. I thought it was over all the way back in 2016. Almost watched tearing up. At his retirement speech. So the fact that we got in the last five years since he came back to wrestling in 2018, I feel blessed. I feel blessed that everybody else was able to see the GOAT. And especially in the last two years where he's been in AEW, where the the wrestle the wider wrestling world got to see the American dragon that made me fall in love with Brian Danielson as a performer. So I think if he is going to go out this year, he is starting on the right foot versus Zack Sabre Jr., the other greatest technical wrestler that I've ever saw live. Two of my top two of my top five favorite wrestlers in the world today. This is going to be one of the greatest technical wrestling matches. It's going to be an absolute clinic coming up at Wrestle Dream. And I think the road is just going to keep on going. I see him versus Kazuko Okada in a rematch at Wrestle Kingdom at the Tokyo Dome. So he can, uh, he can accomplish a few things at once. One is finally realizing his dream of working at, in Japan for New Japan Pro Wrestling, actually working in the Tokyo Dome in a high-profile matchup and getting a rematch against Okada, where hopefully he doesn't get injured or go in hurt, anything like that, and we can all come out looking splendid and have a great matchup like, like uh, they did at Forbidden Door, even with his broken arm. I think that they get that done at Wrestle Kingdom, and I would love for him to at least make one more attempt at getting the AEW. That was my next question. Definitely. Definitely. We need, we need a rematch with Kenny Omega. We need a rematch with MJF. We need first time ever matchups, whether it's against Tomori Ishii and Tensuyo Naito and Jay White and Swerve Strickland and Darby Allen. Like we need to get all this stuff in, in a year and, and also keep them healthy. So, I mean, we don't have to get all those matches done in a year. Like you said, after this year, when his daughter turns seven, he's going to be more of a special attraction, more part-time. And he's been pretty much part-time this year. He's only worked 11 matches in total. So I think that we are all blessed for what we're going to get. And I think it is going to be an epic year. Frantic World says we need Brian Danielson in Japan. Uh, Stephen Chambers, Seattle's going to be rocking uh, final countdown for Danielson in his home state. Hopefully they get final. Just give me final countdown, TK, for every pay-per-view. Like, just literally every pay-per-view. That can be, like, his big rah-rah fight song for all the big matches and his one against Zack Sabre Jr. Absolutely. God, in Seattle, that place is going to be going nuts uh, for Brian Danielson. I would love to see him actually win the AEW World Championship. It just feels like it needs to happen. And honestly, if you were going to ask me, have Samoa Joe take it off MJF and then have Danielson take it off Samoa Joe. Like, now you have Cole take it off of MJF and mm. Danielson take it off of Cole and then Orange Cassidy take it off of Danielson. Damn. That's another first first time matchup that he has gone on record a few times and said that he wants to face Orange Cassidy out of everyone on the yeah. AEW roster. By the way, uh, wasn't planning on this today, by the way, but I ended up talking with John Moxley for 43 minutes, SP3. 
Uh, it was supposed to be an eight minute radio hit. We ended up talking for 43 minutes and I'm going to put a majority of that conversation up here on the believe in pro wrestling podcast, YouTube channel today, uh, uh, tomorrow ahead of AEW dynamite. We talked about Brian Danielson, his goat status. We talked about orange Cassidy and his first big main event. So that conversation is going to be coming out tomorrow here on believe in pro wrestling. So hammer that subscribe button, ladies and gentlemen, there's always great stuff. Uh, coming down the pike for you guys uh, and uh, hit that thumbs up button on this video too by the way that always helps drive up our audience real quick gotta get into this it's time to answer the five count on the believe podcast network all right sp3 we got cody rhodes on monday night raw last night after last week when he wasn't there he showed up Going to cut a promo in front of the crowd, and then he got interrupted by Judgment Day again. Actually, not even Judgment Day. He got interrupted by Dom and J.D. McDonough. So the Judgment like, Day B team. Yeah, the B team of Judgment Day. He kicked their ass and stood tall with the crowd. SP3, it feels like WWE has absolutely nothing for Cody Rhodes to do right now. How in the hell is that possible? How do they have nothing for this man? Nothing. They got nothing. They got nothing for him. He's been spinning this wheel since beating Brock Lesnar in Detroit. How? How is this possible? Because we're on limited time. I'm going to keep my answers to everything in 30 seconds. WWE has made Cody Rose into John Cena of the summer of 2008 when he was aimlessly going around having a feud that was centered around the word poop with JBL and then had a random ass match with Batista that he got injured in. That is the state of Cody Rhodes, an aimlessly top guy, top babyface who is their top merch seller, even for pay-per-views he's not freaking on, yep. and they have absolutely nothing to do with him, and I blame all of you. I'll explain <laughs> in the next question. Oh, my goodness. I don't know how it's possible that you don't have, literally have anything for this man to do, even if, like, they, they got Becky Lynch challenging for the NXT championship. Like, I'm not saying Cody should be challenged for the NXT championship, but why not do something with, why not go nuts? Doing something with, like, Cody and Gunther or Cody and somebody with, like, anything would be better than just, hey, here's a promo segment. I'm going to kick Dom's ass like I did three months ago, and then we're all male. Maybe next week we'll find out what Cody Rhodes is going to be up to next which means maybe next week WWE will finally figure out what to do with Cody Rhodes because they ain't got nothing right now. SP3 CM Punk dominated the headlines last week after he was released from AEW. We talked about literally every single possible angle on last week's show about CM Punk except for one, and I'm going to ask it now. Given everything that has happened over the last two years, SP3, if... CM Punk is interested in making a return. Should WWE bite the bullet and bring him back? Is it worth the risk of bringing in CM Punk? Yes, it is. CM Punk is going to make WWE a lot of money. There's a lot of money matchups. The reason why I blame all of you for the state of Cody Rhodes and for the fact that CM Punk is going to return to this company is because y'all always act like I am a crazy person when I try to tell y'all stuff. I tried to tell y'all months ago that the Trish Stratus heel turn wasn't gonna wasn't gonna work because it was flawed. Y'all didn't listen to me. Told you Jimmy Uso's heel turn wasn't gonna work. You didn't listen to me. Told you didn't have anything for Cody. Y'all didn't listen to me, and now we're here. See, I, I even I even added on to my first one in thirty <laughs> seconds. 
I think there is a lot to be concerned about with CM Punk, namely um, his injury history recently. Uh, can you can you rely on him to to stay healthy at this point in his career? Can you rely on him to keep uh, cooler heads? Can can you rely on him to you know not blow up in the you know just everything that's going on with CM Punk? Can you just rely on him to show up? do his job and leave that. I think that's a very valid question. If you can do that. And if it's worth the headache, which is why I, to this question, I say yes, but with a major, but yeah, I'm signing him to a short term deal to work something at next year's WrestleMania, assuming contracts are, are free and this, that, and the other thing, and he's healthy and they can figure out something for him creatively, see how it goes, test the waters. And then I'm giving him another short term deal. And I'm giving him another short-term deal. And if he's made it that far, SP3, and he still wants to go, I'm going to give him another short-term deal. I am not locking this man in for longer than three months. That would be one minute. That wasn't 30 seconds. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Last night, we got the uh, celebration for Gunther as the longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time. He had another showdown with uh, Chad Gable, who swears to God, SP3, uh, he is going to take that intercontinental championship away from Gunther some way, somehow. And then Tommaso Ciampa interjected himself in there because he wants the intercontinental title, ended up getting a six-man match out of it in which Gable gets the win, thanks to some help from Tommaso Ciampa. Now that he's broken the record, SP3, how much longer should Gunther hold on to the intercontinental championship? He should hold on to it until they have plans to move him up to the main event spot, which I think is going to happen in January. So I think that Gunther should hold it until Survivor Series, where he will drop the title to a called-up Ilya Dragunov. That's what I want, (laughs) but it's probably going to be Chad Gable. I think at this point, it's got to be Gable. Uh, I don't think they got plans for him to challenge anytime soon because Chad's not one of these guys that, like, wants a handout like I think he kind of wants to earn it which is like I I, maybe I'm reading too much into the part of I don't know how it's gonna happen but I'm gonna earn my way to that championship when you cut a promo like I swear to god I'm taking that title off of you I feel like you got to be the guy to do it so I'm gonna say somewhere around Survivor Series as well let Gunther get to 500 days really solidify this reign and then Chad Gable's gonna be the guy uh to take it off of him when he's ready to go Excellent promo exchange between those two. And WWE did a good job setting up two two challengers for him and Gable reestablishing him and Tommaso Ciampa. And that trios match was an absolute bang. Yes, it was. Tomorrow night, Dynamite. Big matches with big stakes. Pick a winner. Roderick Strong or Samoa Joe? Who's facing MJF at Grand Slam? Samoa Joe is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I loved him since I saw him in Ring of Honor. The Samoa Joe CM Punk trilogy is why I became an independent wrestling fan and actually re-enthused my whole, my whole love for professional wrestling. With all that being said, I care about neck health, neck strong. Roderick Strong gets the win because he's one of the best characters in wrestling today. You can make the argument that Samoa Joe's story is with MJF, so it makes sense for him to win, and it makes sense for Roderick Strong to lose because his story is more with Adam Cole. He even cut a promo this week where he said, look, I could win the AW World title. why Roddy wins the tournament, faces MJF at Grand Slam, and Joe versus MJF at Wrestle Dream, and Roddy versus Cole at Wrestle Dream. I think they're setting us up for a big swerve. I think it makes uh, all the signs point to Samoa Joe winning this matchup. I say MJF costs Samoa Joe. Uh, this matchup, Roderick Strong wins.
he'll get beat next week, and then Samoa Joe will get his matchup at uh, Wrestle Dream or, or Grand Slam or uh, 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 what's in it? Full Gear, uh, whichever one uh, comes first. Pick a winner B for B here. Pick a winner: Tony Storm, Hikaru Shida, Nyla Rose, or Doctor Britt Baker. DMD. Who is going on to face Soraya next week at Grand Slam in New York? It is the number one best character in professional wrestling, folks, because you know what they say. Chin up, tits out, and watch for the shoe. shoe. Tony Storm will win and beat Soraya at Grand Slam because you put the title on the oddest character in the division. It's Tony Storm. Yeah, uh, look, Hikura Shida and Dr. Britt Baker are not on the same page. I have a feeling that these two are going to end up taking each other out of the match. Nyla Rose, I love her, but they have not used her at all. It makes absolutely no sense for her to win this match. It's Tony Storms to lose, and I don't think she will lose until next week at Grand Slam. And lastly, we got a big title match tonight, SP3. Main event of NXT. Tiffany Stratton defending her title against the man, Becky Lynch. Welcome to the big time, Tiffany Stratton. Um, I would be stunned. I put this on Twitter last night. I would be stunned if Tiffany wins this match clean. I put it at less than 1% that that happens. I feel like this is the start of a much longer program, and I feel really strongly at least a 45% chance that Becky Lynch is walking out with the NXT Women's Championship tonight. What say you? Does she finally win the big one on Tuesday nights? Becky Lynch gets the win and probably drops back to the NXT Women's Championship to Tiffany Stratton at no mercy. Maybe in a triple threat match, something like that. I don't know. It just feels like they could have done. Something tells me this is not the first one because they could have put this match at no mercy on September 30th. So they could have waited two weeks, but they put it on tonight. I feel like this is a ratings grab. I think either we're getting a DQ to set up the rematch or Becky is winning to set up the rematch. I'm going to go with my gut, though. I'm going to say Becky wins. I'm going to say Becky wins tonight. SP3, what you got going on on True Heel Heat this week? Uh, I will have up the Raw report either later today or early tomorrow. Sorry, had had some things <laughs> that I had to deal with today, had some work to do. Uh, but I'll be there. And then you can also see me on Thursday, AE Ramble. Uh, Saturday, the True Heel Heat flagship podcast. On Sunday's Collision Discourse. And then back here next tuesday absolutely we appreciate you guys uh tuning in and uh commenting in the chat sorry we were a bit uh we were a bit all uh, frantic today because we were short on time and we still ran over and we had a lot to talk about and sp3 has got to go right now so again i will drop uh, a majority of my conversation with john moxley tomorrow here on believe in pro wrestling i uh, maybe later this week or next week i'll be dropping a conversation with one half of the tag team champions, women's tag team champions, Chelsea Green, will be coming to the Believe in Pro Wrestling YouTube channel as well. So keep your eyes out, your ears out. Hit like on this video. Subscribe to the channel. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll be back here next Tuesday around 2 o'clock. Yes. And you know what they say. Chin up, tits out, and watch for the show! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.